I'm reading this morning from Genesis 45, verses 1 through 15. Then Joseph could not control himself before all those who stood by him. He cried, Make everyone go out from me. So no one stayed with him when Joseph made himself known to his brothers. And he wept aloud so that the Egyptians heard it and the household of Pharaoh heard it. And Joseph said to his brothers, I am Joseph. Is my father still alive? But his brothers could not answer him, for they were dismayed at his presence. So Joseph said to his brothers, Come near to me, please. And they came near, and he said, I am your brother, Joseph, whom you sold into Egypt. And now do not be distressed or angry with yourselves because you sold me here, for God sent me before you to preserve life. For the famine has been in the land these two years, and there are yet five years in which there will be neither plowing nor harvest. And God sent me before you to preserve for you a remnant on earth and to keep alive for you many survivors. So it is not you who sent me here, but God. He has made me a father to Pharaoh and the Lord of all his house and ruler over all the land of Egypt. Hurry and go to my father and say to him, Thus says your son Joseph, God has made me Lord of all Egypt. Come down to me. Do not tarry. You shall dwell in the land of Goshen, and you shall be near me, you and your children and your children's children and your flocks, your herds, and all that you have. There I will provide for you, for there are yet five years of famine to come, so that you and your household and all that you have do not come to poverty. And now your eyes see, and the eyes of my brother Benjamin see, that it is my mouth that speaks to you. You must tell my father of all my honor in Egypt and of all that you have seen. Hurry and bring my father down here. Then he fell upon his brother Benjamin's neck and wept. And Benjamin wept upon his neck. And he kissed all his brothers and wept upon them. And after that, his brothers talked with him. One of my favorite TV shows was The Seinfeld. And one of the episodes revealed, by the way, I'm from Korea. I'm Korean. One of the episodes revealed ill-mannered Korean at a nail salon. If anyone remember that episode. These Korean women at the nail salon, they've been speaking, I mean, they're gossiping in Korean in front of their customers all the time. And then Elaine was one of their customers, and they did that to Elaine as well. So Elaine, finally, she brought George's father, who served army in Korea, who's able to understand the Korean, what the Korean were saying. So when George's father spoke in Korean to those Korean women, they were shocked and embarrassed for what they've been doing. So, when Joseph revealed his identity to his brothers, the brothers were shocked and speechless because they've been freely talking among themselves 
in his presence, right? But not only that, it has been 20 years since they sold him, Joseph, as a slave. And now all of a sudden, they remember what they did to Joseph. They realize and Joseph is capable of now on the throne. So Joseph is no longer 17 years old shepherd in the field, but he is the prince of Egypt. So their fate is in Joseph's hands. What about us? In whose hands our fate is? Our God, right? And we know our God is capable of everything. Almighty God. But we live sometimes, we do things like we've forgotten God. There is no God. Yes, we can see God, but God is listening to us all the time. And God is even watching us all the time. And even God knows in and inside and out of our heart as what we're thinking. Right? But we've been talking freely in God's presence. And we've been doing things like there is no God. Next slide, please. Joseph revealed not only his identity, but also his theology, his faith in God. So Joseph said, come near to me, please. I am your brother, Joseph, whom you sold into Egypt. And now do not be distressed or angry with yourselves because you sold me here. For God sent me before you to preserve life. Joseph, somehow Joseph, interprets the last 20 years of hardship as God's God's providence. All the brothers did to him, he interprets as the providence of God. And he confessed God has been the main agent in all the days of his life. Even when his brother tried to kill him in the pit, being sold as a slave, and being taken to Egypt, and being falsely accused for rape his master's wife, being prisoned for years, and the cupbearer did not remember him for years. And even the time when Joseph was standing in front of Pharaoh and interpret his dreams. God has been all there, all the time. So Joseph, in this chapter, Joseph said three times, God sent me here. It was not you. God sent me here. So he is, Joseph is one of the great examples of the relationship between God's sovereignty and man's freedom. We think 
We make history with our freedom. But we are not. God is the history maker. We just participated in his work. Jesus actually invites always into to participate in the work of God. Vodivakum said, if someone asked him, why would, why would God use sinful man in order to carry out his decree? He will answer, where's God going to find a sinless man to use? Right? There are no sinless men. As Romans 3.23 states, all have sinned and fall short of the glory of God. Therefore, Vodi says, everything that God does in accomplishing His decree involves sinful men and their sinful action. Next slide, please. And Joseph revealed not only his faith, but his plan bring his family down to Egypt. Joseph said, hurry, twice. What was so urgent about because it conflicts with their, Joseph's family, their fate. Jacob and his family had been cherished this one faith, living in the promised land, the land of Canaan. Even though Egypt was a far better place to live than the Canaan, but Canaan was the place of God's covenant with Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob. But Joseph wants to bring his family down to Egypt because he believed it is the part of the covenant of God. It is the part of the providence of God. Even though it looks like against the, their faith, the promise of God. So now it is a time to move down to Egypt and live there because the famine will be five more years. To fulfill the covenant of God. Making Israel as a great nation. Now it is time to go down to Egypt. Temporarily. Let's think about our life. We are living here on earth. It's like Egypt. We are living here on earth for temporary. Yes? Our faith... We cherish our faith that eternal salvation, living in the kingdom of God. Right? But now, here and now, it is time to live down here. Whether we like it or not. In fact, we are sent by God to live down here. Where you are. Where we are. And we are going back to God when the time comes. So I look at our life as uh, waiting in the airport 
for the final, waiting for the next flight, which is the final destination. Right? But no one lives in the airport. Right? No one lives in the airport. You got to get back to your home. But airport is our life here on earth. So we are travelers. Right now, we are travelers. We are not settlers, resident, permanent resident here and now. We are travelers with the God's purpose and mission, the commandment. But some people, even Christians, some people think they are permanent residents here in the airport. So they invest their time, energy, and resource, and everything to live down here. Right? While you're waiting in the airport, you don't need appliances, right? You don't need to buy furniture there. But some people do that. To live in waiting, that time waiting in the airport, they do that. Then what is the purpose of being in the airport, living here and now? What is the purpose and meaning of living here and now? Why we're waiting here in the airport? Because God so loved the world. The dark world. The world is still in darkness. When they do not acknowledge the light of Jesus Christ, they're still in dark, darkness. And God so loved the people even in the darkness now. God loved the whole world, not just you and me. God loves, still loves the whole world there in darkness. And God wants us to be the light. So God wants us to want them to know where they came from and where they're going. So God wants us to be the light. God wants us to be the testimony for the people in the world and bring them back to final destination, our God, our eternal God. So God provides you your job, your position, your resource, your health and everything, your knowledge, just like he did to Joseph to carry out God's will, bring people. We know eventually through Moses, not only Joseph's family, but entire Hebrew, the lowest class of Egypt at that time, about two million people out of slavery to the promised land. Next slide, please. So when Jacob heard that Joseph is alive, not only alive, but he is the ruler over all the land of Egypt. He could not believe, but it was a fact. And Jacob realized that God's promise of making him, Israel, a great nation, came true through Joseph being the ruler of this great nation. So Israel, Jacob, worshipped. 
God and God spoke to Israel in visions and said, Jacob, Jacob, I am God, the God of your father. Do not be afraid to go down to Egypt, for there I will make you into a great nation. Same thing. For Jacob, it was not an easy decision because God promised him to die in the land of Canaan. So God promised him, I will also bring you up again and Joseph's hand shall close your eyes. Where are you now? Where does God lead you? Nowadays, where does God lead you? Where does God lead us? Would you like to go where God leading you? It can be financial difficulty. It can be serious health problem. It can be broken relationship issues. Many things that the challenges in the world And God always leading us into those. So God sometimes makes us to walk through the valley of the shadow of death. And God, and even God command us to sail out into the stormy sea. You see the storm coming, but God wants us to embark the port and sail into the ocean into the storm, would you go? Would you go? But we must go. We must go because we trust God. In fact, we have no option. Our God is not a God who give up because of our obedience. God always prevails His will, no matter what. Either He changes us, breaks us down, transforms us, or exchange with someone else. God always prevails His will. We cannot make God give up because of our disobedience. So we have no other option because God does his providence and sovereignty. Jacob knew he will die in Egypt. He is 130 years old. So he knew once he go down there, he will die there. He doesn't want to die there. He wants to die in Egypt. I mean, come on. But Jacob trusted God and because God will bring him back. God will bring Israel out, his, his family out as a great nation. So he went. Next slide, please. So finally, Jacob met the Pharaoh, the king of Egypt. And the Pharaoh asked him, how old are you? Jacob said, The days of the years of my sojourning are 130 years. And he said, 
few and hard, few and evil. The few and evil have been the days of the years of my life. I mean, I understand. His life was difficult, hard, evil. But 130 years, that was a long life, right? 130 years, a long life. But why, Jacob said, few? Why? I think the time without God, he didn't count. We know Jacob's life. We know Jacob's life. Jacob felt the 130 years was a few because he has been with, he has been living without God so many times, right? Jacob always regretful, doubtful, skeptical, and resentful, right? All his life. Even though God blessed him. Even though God, he cheated the blessing of father, but God blessed him, promised him. But Jacob always resentful and skeptical. And he knew that now. He realized through Joseph being alive and God's prevailing, he's a providence making great nation. Now he understands maybe that's why he confessed my life was a few and hard. Without gratitude, without joy, without praise and worship, God, we are dead. Right? I mean, every spring, your garden has some flowers like daffodil or, right, tulip. What if this spring they didn't blossom? They just have a stem, no, no flower. What would you do? Hmm? I mean, that is our calling. That is the reason we're being, praising God, being joyful, and worship God. If we don't, then we are dead. We are living dead. If we are absent from God, we are dead. Many people say they are searching for God. But in fact, by avoiding God, they searching for God. Right? How old are you? How many years you lived? If you or many. Resentful or grateful? Next slide, please. So what are you doing? What am I doing? What are we doing? We are dying. We are dying. We are living to die, isn't it? We are living to die. Because I see it as a, we are created out of nothing. So from zero to we became one, and now we go back to zero. Nothing, but it is not nothing. 
It is eternal. So we are came from God from zero to one and one to zero. So we are living, we are being to being zero. We are living to die. The question is, why didn't we live? Then why we die? Because we live because God commanded us to live. God commanded you to live. That's why you live. It's not like just you, you choose to live, but God commanded you to live. And God, and God, we die because we must return to God. So we must die. When we say we know Jesus, the way, the truth, and the life, we, it means we know this truth. We are came from God, we are going back to God. By Wednesday Bible study, we learn, studying this, John's Gospel, talks about, the whole thing is talks about Jesus came from God and returning to God. Same thing, to, Jesus came to us to tell us, you are also came from God and you are going back to God. That's why. That is the meaning and purpose of ourselves according to God. Like Jacob died in Egypt, but God brought Israel out. We'll die here in Egypt. Well, no, we are here, die here on earth where you live. But God will bring us, the church, out into the kingdom of God. So what we do, we live here today to witness this one truth to the people. Because people in the darkness, they don't know where they came from, where they're going. So we are here to witnessing that truth to the people. That we live here. Amen.